0: Thank you.
1: In the name of Jesus Christ, welcome today to Central United Methodist Church, where it is our mission to follow Jesus by loving God and loving our neighbors. I'm Thomas Smith, Senior Pastor here at Central, and it is a joy to have you with us today. It is wonderful to see each and every one of you, whether you are worshiping with us this morning in person here in the sanctuary, or whether you are worshiping with us this morning by radio. We're pleased that you've chosen to make Central a part of your day today. On the way in this morning, I hope you received a bulletin. If you'd like to find some ways to connect with God through Central, that is an excellent place to start. So I hope you'll read the information there and maybe find some ways to connect. Also on the way in, you may have noticed a stack of Bibles there. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one or you know someone who needs a Bible, please take one. That's what they're there for. And if you're worshiping with us this morning by radio, I encourage you to visit our church website, centralmethodist.net. There you will find an online version of our bulletin and some wealth of ways you can connect with God through Central. There are some announcements I would lift up to you today. One is a a word of praise and celebration. Yesterday, our beds ministry, in the process of distributing 35 beds in Lake City, Distributed the fifth hundred, fifth hundred, is that the right way to say that? Or five hundredth, there you go, five hundredth bed since the ministry began. And so because of the work of Central Church, there are five hundred children in need in this community and neighboring communities that now have a bed to sleep in. It's time also now for to sign up if you haven't already for our upcoming blood drive. Our next blood drive is this coming Thursday, May 19th from 1:30 to 6:30. You can sign up still on the sign-in sheets in the church, I mean in the commons. You can also sign up online with the Red Cross or you can call the church office. Also, we are continuing to collect backpacks for children in Costa Rica as part of our upcoming uh, mission trip to Costa Rica. There is a basket in the Commons where you can deposit those backpacks. And Heritage Sunday is also just around the corner on June 5th. And that is the Sunday we recognize all of our members who have been a part of Central for 50 years or more. And so we we do our best to identify those people, but just in case, if you think you have been a member of Central for more than 50 years, so that would be from 1972 uh, on, please reach out to Adrian Reynolds in the church office so that we can make sure we recognize you on worship on the 5th. Also, a date I'd like you to put on your calendars is June 8th. That afternoon, that's a Wednesday evening, we will have a uh, celebrating a celebration for Reverend Derek Cattenhead and his family as they prepare to transition to a new ministry assignment in Orangeburg. But that will be a night where we'll have some food and some fun as we celebrate them and send them forth with our blessing. Also, something noteworthy today, at the 1115 service, we will receive this year's confirmation class. You'll see their names And their mentors printed on the front page of your bulletin today. It is a joy to see so many young people standing before the church and saying that they will, they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and promise to serve Him as through the church. That is a joyous thing and a measure of this church's faithfulness to its ministry of shaping young people. So thank you for your part in that. And I know that you'll so I ask you to be in prayer for those children today and for their families as they celebrate confirmation. Also ask you to be in prayer today for the Flynn family who experienced a loss of a father, a stepfather, a grandfather. Please be in prayer for them that they would feel God's love and grace in their grief. But even though we share sad news, we're mindful that we gather today with the risen Christ. So let us be open to Christ's presence with us now as we worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Let us praise the name of the Lord.
2: Now, while we are standing, let us say what we believe using the Apostles' Creed found in Selection 881 in your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and life everlasting. Amen. seated. I'll invite you to join me as we pray our colic and the Lord's Prayer. Our colic is found in your order of worship. Holy, almighty, and everlasting God, send your angels from heaven to guard, cherish, protect, visit, and defend all who dwell in your house. And as you have loved us, so teach us to love one another through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. We now pray as your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I get to welcome you this morning in worship. I'm so glad to have you here. Whether you're here in person or worshiping with us over the radio, it is wonderful that you're joining us. I'm going to ask you to look at the end of your pew and find that pew pad and sign it, pass it along, greet your neighbor, say hello, and um, I also want to make sure that you know you're invited to join in any of the ministries of Central. And If you'd like to know more about joining Central or these ministries, please contact one of us, one of the clergy this week. We'd love to have a conversation with you about using your spiritual gifts. And now our New Testament lesson.
3: The New Testament lesson comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, first six verses, reading from the King James Version. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, come down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he sat upon the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I shall give unto him that is athirst of the fountain of the water of life free. The word of the Lord.
2: Our gospel lesson today is from John, the 13th chapter, and I will be sharing with you verses 31 through 35 today. Hear now the word of the Lord. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our act of praise today and response is from Psalm 148. And you'll find it in Selection 861 in your hymnal. I'll ask you to stand as you are able and join me. The Lord from the heavens, praise the Lord in all the heights. Praise the Lord, all, praise the Lord, all, praise, the Lord, all praise the Lord, sun and moon, praise the Lord, all shining stars. Praise the and praise the name of the Lord, who commanded and they were created. Praise the Lord from the earth, sea monsters, and all deeps. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name alone is exalted, whose glory is above earth and heaven. God And I'll invite all the children to come up for children's time.
1: Thank you. Well, good morning, friends. How's everybody today? Good, good. Everybody figured out? Okay. Let's figure it out. There you go. Scoot all set together. Well, how are y'all today? All right. So, I want to talk to y'all about something very important that's going to happen at another worship service today, and it's called confirmation. Now, that's a big word, right? But let's. All right. To help understand it, I'm going to teach you. Show you something. Now, I need a volunteer who does not mind holding my hand for a second. Can I get a volunteer? All right, sweetheart, come on up. All right, now you stand right there. Now hold my hand. All right, I try to pull it away. Come on, pull it away. I said pull it away. Try hard. Try really hard. Okay. You, man, you are strong. You are very strong. All right. Did you know I, I did that because, what, because it helps me think about what happens with confirmation? Did you know that each and every one of you is a child of God? You are. Just like you're the children of your families, God has decided to make you his sons and daughters. And when God chooses you, God never lets you go. And we might, get, we might try to pull away from God just like you tried to pull your hand away from mine. And no matter how hard we pull, God never lets go of us. We always belong to God. And these kids, these teenagers, that, and a little later in, into this morning, they're going to stand right where, you're, right where you're sitting and they're going to say, God, you haven't let me go and so now I don't ever want to let you go either. Because the church has decided they're old enough to decide that for themselves. And do you know what? You can say that right now, even though you're not teenagers yet. And maybe one day when you are teenagers, you can stand right where you're sitting and make that same thing. And say, Jesus, I love you. God, I love you. I'm so glad that you made me your child. And I want to be your child forever. Does that sound like something y'all want to do? Good. Good. Well, let's pray together. And I'll just pray. This is not repeat-after-me prayer. Lord God, we thank you for making us your children. Lord, keep us and bless us until we're able to, to say for ourselves that we want to be your children. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all can go with Miss Jenny. <laughs> Please be seated. This morning we continue in these series of Sundays in the season of Easter. We'll be, we'll be hearing readings from the book of Acts. And before I read this morning's scripture, I want to set the context just a little bit. The verses that we'll hear are the last few verses of a very long Uh, portion of scripture, one I feel like you would probably get a little bit bored if I just sat here and read to you. It takes up more than a chapter of the Bible. But the story centers around Peter and Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman centurion. That meant he was a Roman military officer. He was a leader in the occupying force that had taken over uh, Peter's homeland, Jesus' homeland. And he had a vision to send for Peter, the Apostle Peter, who was the leader among Jesus' disciples and an early leader in the church after Jesus returned to heaven. Now, Cornelius had started worshiping God. And this was noteworthy because Cornelius was a gentile that is he was not Jewish and in the earliest days of the church christianity which began as a movement among Jewish people seemed to be continuing as a movement among Jewish people but here you have Cornelius not just a gentile but a gentile who works for the oppressor who is feeling called worship God and he receives a vision from God saying that he should send for Peter. At the same time, Peter receives a vision where he sees food being lowered down on a cloth and it's food that would have been considered unclean for a Jewish person to eat, things like pork or shellfish. And he hears a voice saying, take and eat. And Peter says, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not supposed to. Yet he continues to receive this vision. About that time, messengers arrive from Cornelius. Peter goes to Cornelius' home and realizes that the vision is saying to him that God can make all things holy and God can make all people holy. And so, Peter baptizes Cornelius. Peter baptizes those people in Cornelius' home the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in the heart of Cornelius and the people in his household, and they become followers of Jesus. They become part of the church. And in the verses we read now, we hear Peter reporting back to the other leaders of the church about what happened. And I now read from Acts 11, verses 1 through 18, hear now the Word of God. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea... Heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance. I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and the birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. that everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea, arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who was called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder? God. When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given, even to the Gentiles, the repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think one of the things we see happening here is even though Luke in his writing of Acts describes this story to us of how God can call all people to relationship with Him. We see, I think, something interesting. Cornelius, somewhere along the way, began believing in Jesus. He heard the good news and he began to believe. And I think it reminds us that we are by nature believers By which I mean we human beings by nature want to believe in things. God created us that way. It's just part of our hard wiring. How many of us as children didn't think that our bike got cold in the rain? Or that our favorite lovey might one day say something to us? Or no matter what our parents said to the contrary, we were just sure there was something threatening in our closet. Or that leaves were scared when they fell off the trees. Everybody believes something and lives their lives accordingly. Whether they believe something that's for the good or for the bad. If we are by nature believers, what we believe shapes the way we meet the world, shapes the way we encounter one another. If you believe the world is evil and everyone is out to get you, you live your life that way. If you believe that people are basically good, even if sometimes misguided, you live your life that way. If you have a religious faith, whether it's Christian or something else, you live a life that reflects that. Even atheism, which I guess you could maybe define as a lack of belief, is itself, I argue, I would say, a system of belief. Otherwise, Why several years ago did Facebook ads keep popping up on my computer urging me to try and consider the atheism? I I didn't, by the way. But I did click on my ad because I wanted to see what an evangelical atheist looked like. We, by nature, seek something more. We seek something that exists in a way that is just past our understanding. We naturally seek after things that are spiritual. If we think about some of the more popular books and movies that we've seen in recent years, I think we see, even though they're fiction, that people still are drawn to things that seem spiritual or mystical. Think about Star Wars movies or Avengers movies. These, these movies that create a whole universe that people can get lost in, even if just in their minds. That there's a, a fictional Spirituality that people nevertheless seem to flock to. I think about, for example, the Harry Potter books that so many adults and children have read in record numbers. That regardless of your opinion of those books, the movies that sprang from them, there is something, the idea of magic that those books talk about, that! I think the reason why people are drawn to it is that there's something beyond ourselves, something we can't understand, that people are able to get lost in this imaginary world. I don't know if any of you have ever been to Universal Studios in Orlando, but there's a whole like Harry Potter section of the park and when we were there several years ago I saw grown-ups walking around dressed as characters from the movie with pretend magic wands and the whole thing. And I, I wanted to say, what else are you serious about? But did, I didn't ask that. But it speaks to me and tells me that people have a natural inborn tendency to want to participate in something beyond themselves. And if they can't find that or won't find that through, in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, they'll find something else. We are looking for something. It's part of how we're made. But true spiritual satisfaction, finding what truly gives our lives meaning and purpose, can only come through Jesus. Rather than pursuing a different or false reality, instead we can, in Jesus, pursue a better reality that exists right alongside of the life that we're living now. There is something even more real than what we see going on. Something even more real that our minds have trouble understanding and that is the presence of God with us. We yearn for something to dedicate our lives to. We just do. And all too often, rather than turning to the true source, of what gives our lives meaning, we try to create something for ourselves. We dedicate our lives to, to jobs. We dedicate our lives to accumulating things. Not that those are bad in and of themselves, but when we give them a place in our lives that it is the only way that give, that we perceive self-meaning and self-worth, we're doing something wrong. We have to ask ourselves, what do we allow to define us? How do we respond to the spiritual yearning within our hearts? Instead of seeking the things of God, we often try to fill that God-sized hole in our hearts with things that don't matter, with things that are fleeting, with things that only leave us more empty. When we give our lives to something of our own creation, we come up short. The good feeling that we might have from some new thing or some accomplishment passes. But when we dedicate our lives to the thing that lasts eternally, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we experience that one thing that can consume our lives in a positive way. That one thing that can give our lives meaning and purpose. And in the process, we feel happier and more satisfied. Worship, I think, is the primary way we demonstrate that connection to God We demonstrate that commitment to the one thing that will not let us go. The one thing that will not leave us empty. And we can kind of at times allow ourselves to worship other things in a way. When there are things we make the most important thing in our lives other than a relationship with God. Other than loving relationships lived out from love of God. There are things that we can place in our lives in the place of God, and when we do that, we're breaking the Ten Commandments. The first two commandments found in Exodus 20 are, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And the second, you shall not make for yourself an idol. Now, I'd venture to say that in 2022, most of us are not melting down our gold jewelry as the ancient Israelites did to make statues of false gods. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can find points in our lives where our priorities have been out of order and we have made things of primary importance that weren't. And maybe we've experienced suffering as a result Worship, the practice of worship, places God at the center of our lives, for God alone is worthy of our worship. And in worshiping God as opposed to worshiping the pursuit of stuff and status, we find that we are not left empty, but rather that we are filled with God's love and the joy of God's presence. Worship places Jesus at the center of everything. Worship reminds us that we put other things ahead of God and that we need to prioritize in such a way that our worship of God is the most centering part of our lives. Because since we have that desire to seek something greater, something more, If we're not worshiping God, we'll find ourselves unintentionally worshiping something else. Without worship. Without calling Jesus the Son of God. God with us. God in our lives. Jesus is just a man who said wonderful things. A moral example to be followed. But He's more than that. Jesus is more than a moral philosopher. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God in our lives when we gather for worship. He's God in our lives wherever we go. And we must be intentional about keeping Jesus at the center. This morning, a little later, when the confirmands stand before this congregation... We will see modeled young people saying words that reflect this. That know that this good news of Jesus Christ is for them. And they were responding by for the first time of an age old enough to decide for themselves that they want to claim the name of Christian for themselves. They are hearing echoes of of this Scripture reading from Acts that says this good news that Jesus calls us to relationship with Him is for any who can hear and respond. It is for everyone. For all. And these confirmations that we celebrate today have heard that call and will come and stand before us. And even though they're not physically standing before you today, Your work, the work of Central United Methodist Church, the ministry you've had with these young people and their families, has helped bring them to this point. And they'll hear this morning words from me, from the church, but I want you to hear words this morning too, that God chooses you. God makes you holy in His choosing of you. And when you make a profession of faith, whether you've made it for the first time or the thousandth time, you remind yourself that God calls, has called you and has chosen you and has made you His. Confirmation has sort of an interesting place in the United Methodist Church and in, in that we baptize you. Typically, we baptize babies. And as a baby... Some adults, some usually parents, brought a child to the front of the church and said uh, that I will b- raise this child to believe the truth of the gospel. The water of baptism is a sign that God has claimed this child as God's own daughter or son. And in confirmation, baptism is completed in a way when a, young, when a person comes forward and says this thing that was claimed for me as a child, I now claim for myself. And I want to serve and will serve Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And that is truly something to celebrate. That you as a church, that we as a church have helped people hear that call. But what I want you to hear this morning is that that same call has been issued to you. That you are chosen and loved by God. That you, whether you've made that profession before or not, God nevertheless extends that call to you. And if you'd like to talk about what that might look like to live that out, any of us clergy would love to talk to you about it. But this scripture says that God chooses you. Even if you don't understand everything about God and the church. Even if you wonder what it all means, even if you wonder what you really can do, know this, dear friends. God calls you. God has chosen you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: Let's pray together. Lord of love, Lord of hope, today we celebrate the decision of our comprimands to fully participate and support the body of Christ. We praise you for their desire to take on the responsibilities of the mission of the church to declare the good news of Jesus Christ and to witness by their actions to new life in Christ. We, the church, remember our commitment already made. We are grateful to you, Lord, for the hope this group of young people represents, for the love of family and friends that have witnessed to them and for the reminder that their journey and ours continues on. Guard their hearts, O Lord, and help them remain in you. Give them strength and empower them with the Holy Spirit as they answer their individual calls to ministry. Guide them to use their spiritual gifts in your service. We offer our prayers of thanksgiving and praise to you, and we pray, Lord, for the peace that we crave in our world. For you to comfort those who suffer and for reconciliation among humankind and with you. We pray for your kingdom to come. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. And now, as we return to God, God's tithes and our offerings, I'll ask the ushers to come forward. As we return to you what is yours, we ask that you bless these offerings of gifts and ourselves in your service. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.
1: I invite you to remain standing for the benediction. May the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.